If you would, take your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. The reality is, is in the, the life that we, we live here in this world, uh, we all are, are very different people. And, um, and that's okay. God made us that way. And uh, I think about my own life. I grew up uh, in Chicago there in the city in the, the concrete jungle that it is there and uh, took an L train or a city bus or a taxi wherever I wanted to go. And some of you grew up on farms and you can't imagine living in a place or uh, being in a place like that. I always tell my wife, like I could live, you know, downtown, you know, in Anderson, um, you know, above a shop and where you walk everywhere like that. And some of you are thinking, there's no way in the world. And um, I could live on a 50-acre farm and, you know, have cows and all that type of stuff. And that's not my world either. And uh, sometimes you hear people ask, you know, what kind of life what kind of life do you want to live? A lot of times you'll hear people ask young people that. Like, what kind of life do you want when they're trying to figure out what the will of God is, what they should do with their life, and, and those type of things. And, and in general, we all have a different perspective about life and the things that we like in life. And, and we have the decisions to make about our life and the lifestyle that we, we want to live. When we think about Easter, we read through the scriptures and we hear messages and even the songs that you heard today, there's a lot of emphasis on life, life versus death. And the Bible has a lot to say about your life and the life that you have. And, and so when we come to Easter, we obviously celebrate the life that is in Christ and the fact that he died for our sins and that he rose again and that he is, he is alive. But do we truly understand what life in Christ is, what life in Christ means for those of us that live here in this world? You know, no matter what your background is, we're all sinners. We've all sinned against God. The Bible says we're all dead in our trespasses and sins without, without Jesus Christ. And so the, the life that we're talking about here is not a lifestyle. And sometimes we equate Christianity with a lifestyle. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment. But it's, it's not a lifestyle. It's not about a way of life or uh, it's not about your personality or the background or your heritage or the things that you like and don't like. The life that we emphasize and that Christ emphasizes because it's the very reason he came is eternal life. It's spiritual life. You see, all of our lives can be different, and we can choose whether we want to be a country person or a city person. We could choose whether we like sports or um, we like um, fine arts, and uh, we could choose what hobbies we want, and we, we can choose all those type of things, whether we're a, kai, a, a car guy or, you know, or something else, or a fisherman or a hunter. We, we can choose all of those, those type of things in the lifestyle that we want to live. But when it comes to spiritual life, when it comes to eternal life, God lays out for us what that looks like. So whether you're in the country or you're in the city, it's the same. How to get eternal life, spiritual life, and how you're supposed to live out your life here in this world as a Christian. So you see, God lays those out for us because, see, God wants us to have life. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life, spiritual life, and you might have it more abundantly. And so God gives us principles because he wants us to have this life and he wants us to live a life that's honoring and glorifying to him. He wants us to live the life that is a biblical life because he understands that's the best life 
That's the best life for you and, and for me. And so this morning, as we come to this time in our service, I want to talk to you about life. Friday night, we talked about death. This morning, we talked about the uncertainties of life and the certainties that we have in Christ. But in this service, I want us to look at life, because that's what Easter is all about. It's about life. It's about the life of Christ and the life that we can have in and through Jesus Christ. And so let's pray, and then we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to meet today, and Lord, celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. And again, I pray for each heart and life here, spiritually, Lord, that you would do a work, whatever that is, in our life today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Colossians chapter 3, begin reading with me at verse number 1. We see our first point. The reality is life comes from Christ. So spiritual life or eternal life comes from Christ. And so Paul writing in Colossians chapter 3, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Why does he start off that statement this way? Why does he make that statement? If you be risen with Christ. And really, he could have said it this way. If you have eternal life, if you have spiritual life. And I want you to understand today that apart from Jesus Christ, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And so he says there that if you have life, if you've been risen, so that today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so let, let's lay that out for just a moment. Why did Christ come? Well, he told us he came to save. He came to bring forgiveness of sins and save us from our sin. He came to bring eternal life. That's why he came. And so when he died on the cross, he died for the sins of the whole world. So that means he died for your sin and your sin. He died for your sin. He died for you. He died for my sin. And so he came and he died on the cross for our sin. And, and he was placed in that tomb, in that grave where he was there for three days. And on the third day, the Bible says he rose again. And we've sung about that. And, and, and we talk about that. And, we, and Easter is set aside to celebrate that fact but he came to die for, to be the payment for our sins so that we can have eternal life. Because biblically, in reality, without Christ, we are dead in our sins. Sin entered into the world when Adam and Eve sinned against God. And, and the Bible tells us that then sin um, passed upon all men. Therefore, death passed upon all men. And so, spiritually speaking, we are all dead apart from Jesus Christ in our sins. So, he came to bring life. So he says here, if you are risen with Christ. And listen, he doesn't say, if you're a good moral person. He doesn't say, if you think highly of yourself. You see, because that's where a lot of our struggles come in. We think we're better than we really are. Why? Because you compare yourself to me, I compare myself to you. We can always find people that are worse than we are and associate with them to make ourselves look better. We, we can always do that, but you're not the standard. I'm not the standard. The standard is Jesus Christ. The standard is God's holiness, and we've sinned against God's holiness. And so he doesn't say, listen, if you go to church and you're faithful and you do whatever it is, if you're a religious person, he says, if you are risen with Christ. So that means if you have life in him. And so then that begs the question, how do we rise again? How do we receive this eternal life? And that's really what the Bible's all about. God tells us that Jesus came and he died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. Why did he do that? So that we could have life. And so then God goes on to tell us, how do we receive this life? It's by grace. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not by works 
of righteousness because we have no righteousness in us. It's not by what, anything that we do, but it's by, by grace through faith. It's by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what this weekend is all about, what he did on the cross for us. It's about receiving that free gift by faith. You see, the Bible is, uh, talks a lot about believing and faith. And so I have to come to the realization that I'm a sinner and understand that Christ died for my sin. And I believe it. And so on June 9th, 1995, when I realized that for the first time, I, by faith, asked Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. And the Bible gives us the picture of how that all looks. And Christ basically gave me life. And I, at that point, was risen with Jesus Christ. We had five young people get baptized today. That baptism had nothing to do with their salvation. It was just a simple public profession about what already happened, that they were risen with Christ, and they had put their faith in Jesus for salvation. And so God tells us to be baptized as a public profession of our salvation in Jesus Christ. You see, if we have life, if we've been risen with Christ, and so my friend, this morning, you have to get this first and foremost. Eternal life, spiritual life only comes through Jesus Christ. And that's only received by faith, believing that he is the son of God, believing that he died for our sins, that he rose again that third day, and that he offers the free gift of salvation to you. It's believing. So when we believe, we turn from everything else. We turn from our sin, from the world, from our religious activity, whatever. We turn from all of that, and we turn to Jesus Christ. And we put our faith in him. And so I stand here today knowing that I have eternal life, I have spiritual life, I'm risen with him simply because I put my faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. And if you're here today, that's the only way to be saved. Over and over throughout the scripture, we see through the Son of God, through Jesus Christ, Christ himself said, I am the only way, truth, and the life to get to God. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, my friend, nobody has eternal life apart from Jesus Christ. And so understand, first and foremost, when it comes to spiritual life, when it comes to eternal life, Jesus Christ is the only way to receive it, by putting your faith first and foremost and only in him. And I hope and trust that you've done that today. And so he says there, if ye then be risen with Christ, realize, my friend, that spiritual life, eternal life, only comes from Christ. And then number two we see in this passage, life then changes in Christ. Life changes in Christ. So when we are not saved and we're, you know, we're living our life and we're running around, we're doing the things that we want to do and, and we, want to, we like the things that we like and we, we're, life is all about me and about what I want and what I want to do with my life and and, you know, a lot of times, you know, we ask, well, what kind of life do you want to live? What kind of job do you want to do? What kind of, you know, uh, where do you want to live? Listen, all of those questions are not questions for, for us. It's like, what, what does God want for us? Because when I accept Jesus Christ in my, as my Savior, then my life no longer belongs to me. We, we, we read it just a few moments ago. We're new creatures. We now belong to, to Christ, and we've been bought with a price, Paul tells us there in Corinthians. And so we belong to him, and so then my life changes. 
the things that I, I, I used to do and I was involved in, the attitudes, the mindset, all of that is different now in Jesus Christ. And so in verses two through four, we see that we now should care about the things that God cares about. Look back at verse number one, and we finished that verse up. He says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And so right off the bat, he says, okay, now if you have eternal life, your life is going to be different. Your mindset, your thinking, it's all going to be different. So he says, then set your affection on things above. Seek those things above. Really, the idea here is the things that matter to God now matter to you. The the things that God does not like, we'll see in a moment, is the things that you don't like. The things that God loves, these are the things that, that you love. And so now we've gone from being dead in our sins and lost here in this world where we're living for ourselves. We're just trying to have a, what we quote unquote call a, a better life, live the American dream, whatever terminology you want to, to use there. And so we're just trying to, to live this, as they call rat race, and just trying to you know, do everything we can to get ahead and not struggle in, in this life. But when we come to Jesus Christ and he's now our savior and we realize that we now have life in him, that changes everything. You see, for me, the things that God loves are the things that I, I love. God loves people. God loves people. You say, well, pastor, you're, you're a people person. It's easy for you because you, I've watched you talk to the wall over there. You can just talk to anybody. Like, I understand that. But, but listen, it's not about our personality But see, when we realize that God loves people, then we love people. And so we see people for where they are and their faults, failures, and everything. But we see them for where they are and we see them what they need. And so as a believer, God's heart is that every man would be saved. So that should be my heart. God's heart is that we'd have unity among the brethren. And so that should be my heart. Because God loves people and all of us are created in the image of God. And so before, where I wanted my way and I wanted you to serve me, now I want God's way and I want to serve you because that's what God did. He came to seek and to save. He came to serve, not to be ministered unto, but to minister when Jesus came to this earth. And so, see, my perspective now changes. And so I have an eternal picture. And the things that I value are those things that have eternal value. He tells us not to build up you know, treasures here on earth where moth does corrupt and rust and, and thieves can come in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Those things that, are, that have eternal value, those things that are, are spiritual. You see, God, I'm going to love what God loves. I care about the things that God cares about, and so now I care about righteousness and truth, and those are the things that I, I desire in my life. Because those are the things that God cares about. I care about holiness. God tells us to be holy as I am holy. And so these are the things that I care about in my life and that I'm going to work towards, not in order to get favor with God, but because I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Because I have life in him, now I care about the things that God cares about. And so then we see in verses 5 through 9, then, as what we care about changes and things that are important to us, we then would remove those things that are contrary to God's character. Look with me 
at verse 5. He says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds." And so we see here, as Paul's writing to us, listen, our, we care now about the things that God cares about, but then we need to remove those things in our life that are contrary to God's character. And, and listen, everything on that list is, is not a personality trait. It's not like, this is who I am, and so th- we're going to have to all just deal with it and all that type of stuff. Listen, these are things that are contrary to who God is. And there's no justification for them being a part of your life. Because as a believer that now has life in Christ, I'm a new creature. And listen, I want to serve God and I want to love the things God loves. And so I want to hate the things that God hates. So I'm going to remove anything from my life that is contrary to the character of God. We're commanded in Scripture that we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and that God is conforming us to the image of Christ. And listen, if we were to go through that list right here, if we were to read through that list again, this wrath, anger, fornication, all of those things, we could all agree with 100% that, that none of those are a part of who God is, or nor would Christ be characterized with any of those traits. And if we're to become more like Christ, then those have to be removed from our life. And so here's the point. Listen, we need to quit justifying our sinfulness, even as a believer in Jesus Christ, and start trying to be and desiring to be more like God. And so we remove those traits that are contrary to God's character. And then finally, in verses 10 through 14, under this point of our life changes in Christ, we're told then we would act like God would act. So mortify, put to death, remove those things that are contrary to God's character. But look with me then back there at verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ is all in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And so here's the picture of what he tells us. Listen, if you have life in Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have received him by faith, let's now put our affection on the things above, start loving the thing that God's love, and then remove anything that is contrary to the character of God, And then start looking and living like God. Put on these things that would be characterized or that God would be characterized by. And so forgiveness, kindness, all of these things. And we could go preach a sermon on each one of these things. But the point here is that with our life in Christ, we're changed. And we now should be looking and living and acting as God would if he was here with us today, as Jesus did when he was here on this earth. The reality is, in Christ, our life changes. And that should be evidence in the way we act, the way that we interact with other people, the way that we talk. Hey, listen, the things you watch on TV or on your computer screen and, and the, the words that come out of your mouth, how you treat people, 
and, and, and how you treat people uh, that wrong you and how you treat people that care about you. And, and all of these things should be characterized and changed, characterized by the truths here and changed when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Your life is different. It cha- it's, it's changed in Jesus Christ. And then number three, we see life comes from Christ. Life changes in Christ. And, and number three, life in Christ brings peace. Look with me at verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Life in Christ brings peace. Now, theologically speaking or biblically speaking, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we have peace with God. And so here, here's the picture in the Bible. The Bible tells us without Christ, we are the enemy of God, and we are going to experience the wrath if we stand before him without Jesus Christ of God. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have now eternal life, spiritual life. We're placed in the family of God. We now have peace with God. But what Paul tells us here is he wants you to be able to live this life here in this world with the peace of God the peace of God in your life. I don't don't want you to miss these words. Look back with me again. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Now, as we go through this life, we understand there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of strife. People wrong us and hurt us. There's a lot of worry in our life. I talked about the uncertainties in our uh, sunrise service this morning. There's a lot of uncertainty in life. But God tells us that when we accept Christ as our Savior, our life is changed and different. And one of the things that we have is, is God himself. He wants us to understand as we go through this life, even in the midst of the, the uncertainties, we can have peace. We can have the peace of God in our heart as we go through this. Why? Because we're part of his body, he tells us there. We're part of his, we're part of his family. You know, um, when I leave home, you know, we go out into life and, and there's all kinds of uncertainties, there's all kinds of turmoil. You know, people might say bad things about me, they might not like me, they might, you know, argue with me and, and, and just in life, and you might have experienced the same thing. But you know, one of the great blessings of life is at the end of the day, you come home and I get to come home and be with my wife and children. And sometimes I like just to sit there, just watch my kids, and just the peace of being with my family. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, sometimes in life, it's just you get around friends. And it's just, you know you're accepted. You know they, they care about you and they accept you. And with all of your fall, uh, faults and idiosyncrasies and all that, they, they just, they're just glad you're there. And there's just something about that, isn't there? When you're just, there's just that comfort and, and that peace. And God tells us when we accept Christ as our Savior, we're placed into the body of Christ, which is his family, which is the church. And as we go through this life, we can go through life with peace because we have not only God, but we have the people of God, the family of God to be there with us. I once was told by somebody, some of the meanest people in the world are Christians. Isn't that a sad statement? Don't look at anybody, all right? I see you people now. And that that should not be the case. You know, for me, I I love going to church. No matter what's going on in my life, I I love going to church and just being around God's people and just sitting down and here or out in the lobby, just having a conversation with people that that love God and and love me. And there's some of them we disagree on things. And maybe they don't like something I've done or said or 
whatever. But we could sit down and have that conversation, and it's just, it's just peace in life. It's just different being around God's people than being around the world. And I'm so grateful for that. And he says, listen, in, life in Christ brings peace because we're placed in the body of Christ. It's not going to be without persecution and trials and the struggles in this life, but there's just something different about being around people that love God and love you. And that's what God wants us to have. And so he tells us the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. You see, we live in a world that they're, they're so distraught and there's so much anxiety in our society today and frustration in our world today. And people are going through things that we can't even fathom in our world. And he's like, be thankful that even when you're dealing with those things and those people, you can have the peace of God reigning in your heart because of your relationship with him and the relationship of his body, his family. And then finally, as we finish up today in verses 16 through 17, we see that life in Christ should be lived for God. Life in Christ should be lived for God. See, when we get, when we get saved, we receive spiritual life, eternal life. And, and Jesus tells us in, in, through the writing of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 that we now are his workmanship. And we are created then unto good works. And the idea there is that our life in Christ should be lived for God. Look with me, verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So first of all, the word of God should be a priority in your life. The word of God should be a priority in your life so that one, it can impact you. It says, let the word of God there let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So for you to grow and learn, then you turn around and serve others. You teach others and encourage others and help others. And, and so our life then in Christ should be lived for God, knowing him more and more and then serving other people. And then he says there in verse number 17, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And so the honor of God, the word of God should be a priority in life, then the honor of God should be a priority in our life as well. As we live this life, no matter what we do, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. Everything that we do in our life should be done for God, for his glory, and in his service. So when we get saved, life comes from Christ receiving him by faith. Then as we're, as we're believers in Christ, our life changes and we care about the things that God cares about. We remove those things that are contrary to God and we add those things to our life to be, so that we can act and look and live like God would. And, and then our life in Christ brings peace and life in Christ should be lived for God. Knowing his word, teaching his word. That's not just the pastor's job or the Sunday school teacher's job. Every believer in Christ should make the Bible a priority in their life so that they can know it, it can change them, and then they can use it to be a blessing and change the lives of other people. And then no matter what we do, we should do it for the honor of God. So when somebody says, hey, what kind of life do you want to live? I want to live the life God wants me to live. What kind of things do you like? I want to like the things that God likes. What are the things that you don't like? I, I, I hate or don't like the things that God doesn't like. 
Because my life is not mine anymore. My life is about God and honoring him and, and glorifying him. There's a lot about life. We all try to figure this thing out, life. What's my life going to be like? What's life going to be like in 10 years, 20 years? And, and I can't answer that question. I don't know where you're going to be or what you're going to be doing. But I can tell you how to receive eternal life. It's only through Jesus Christ. And in Christ, I can tell you what your life's going to look like and what it should look like. And we see that here today. A life that honors God and glorifies him. A life that is filled with peace in the midst of a world filled with turmoil. You see, that only comes through Jesus Christ. I hope today that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. What a tragedy it would be to come to church and celebrate the resurrection of life, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and to leave not having eternal life in your own heart and life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I hope today is the day in your life. Listen, there's no greater life to live. There's no greater life to live. I grew up in an unsaved family. I, my mom went to prison when I was 16. I was adopted by a Baptist preacher. I've lived in, a, in environments that are ungodly and sinful. I'd never go back. I'd never go back. The life that I have in Jesus Christ is so amazing and so wonderful. It's not just about the physical things I have on earth and the people that I have in my life, but all the spiritual blessings that come through Jesus Christ. Listen, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't know what it is to live. True life only comes through Christ. And I hope today that you know Christ as your Savior. And if not, may today be that in your life. And then for Christians, live the life that God has given you. Live life honoring and glorifying Him. There's no better way to live. There's no better way to live.